Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi everyone, Chris Barrow here from the Naked Gaming Podcast. Now, this is the start of a new series that we're calling Monkey Island Discs. Oh, such a great name. I know, I know. Uh, We're going to talk to somebody about their gaming loves and hates, what character they'd be, and if they're a console or a PC player. Now, our first ever guest is the guardian of late nights, OJ Borge, who you might have heard on Radio 2's overnight show from midnight to 3am in the weekdays. He's also a very keen cyclist and hosts a weekly roundup of an online cycling and running scheme for Zwift, and it's called World of Zwift, so check that out. Also, he's a massive fan of gaming. So we started off in this first episode of Monkey Island Discs by talking about his earliest gaming memories. The earliest gaming memory that I remember was probably if if it, it's all a bit of a it's all a bit of a of a mist thinking back that far. Now I do remember in school Hazel Street School in Leicester we had an Apple or an Acorn or a BBC or something like that it had these big orange keys and we had a game on it which I think was called Tank and it was the sort of game where you had to put in your elevation and your velocity. Yes, I've played to, it. I've played yes, it. Yes, yeah. And then you had to hit someone else. Basically, it was like the forerunner of what Worms became. Yes. Um, and it was an amazing game, and we all loved it, and we all tried to sky off lessons so we could get the computer. <laughs> and it was back in the days where literally there was one computer on a trolley that was delivered to each classroom, and you would have it for a couple of hours, and it'd be moved off to another classroom. And then once every three or four months, we had a computer bus that came around to our school and you'd go in and there'd be 10 computers (laughs) and we'd all play tanks and it was amazing. And then other than that, then obviously for me it was arcades and I loved an arcade and this Mm. was back in the day where arcade games... Have you ever seen the film? Um, It's called The King of Kong, A Fistful of Quarters. No, I haven't seen it actually. It's the greatest gaming film of all time. It's oh, basically, the, it. yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's the forerunner of what esports became. It's that idea of going to the arcade and sticking quarters in and playing it. And I was playing these sort of games, so um, Defender and Donkey Kong and Donkey Kong Junior and all that sort of stuff. And there was one game called Vendetta, and I loved. Was it Vendetta? Yeah, it was called Vendetta, and I could pretty much complete it on 110p. So they are my earliest gaming memories. Did you ever go head-to-head with people in the arcades, you know, like in the classic Tekkens and, you know, Street Fighters and stuff like that? Because that was quite a competitive little scene, but only some people did it with the 10ps. Yeah, I'd always go head-to-head if I could. (laughs) Oh, absolutely would I go head-to-head. The problem was I only ever knew, like, one finishing move when it came to Mortal Kombat. (laughs) Um, The rest of the time, you'd you'd hit a load of buttons and the guy just fall over in front of you if you did actually win one. But yeah. I mash the buttons the best. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) bit of button mashing and take us a bit forward in time then so when did gaming start to become not just something from school days but when did it start to become something that you you enjoyed as a a genuine you know pastime and maybe as a way of winding down nowadays oh now i've always had this thing that i am 42 years old and i feel i'm the generation that was genetically socially ready for computer games so the earliest memories of those games where you were sticking these big old floppy discs into drives to make them play uh, so my earliest computer that my dad spent two or three weeks programming to play me 
happy birthday was a was an Amstrad CPC 464. Oh, yeah. And there were some all right games on it. Yeah, Monty on the Run and had a game of Aliens. And I still have amazing emotional memories of the sound of a tape loading. Oh, uh, yeah. And you'd stick these tapes in and it would make these noises. And then sometimes it would load. And sometimes it wouldn't. And do you know what I, I heard the other day, Chris, you'll love this, is the earliest type of downloading a game yeah. was in America. They used to say, right, get your tape recorder ready. We're going, we're going to play for half an hour. We're going to play the sound out of the radio. If you record it, it'll work in your computer. And that was the earliest version of downloading games. That's so cool. Because it came, it was an audio thing that you played in your computer. So around about then, um, and friends of mine getting mega drives and expanded mega drives and master systems. And I'm, tr- I'm trying to think what the first real games I got into were. Probably the Amiga. Probably the Amiga. Because, uh, you know, everyone has played at some stage in their life the classics like Space Invaders and mm. Pac-Man and Pong and all that Never sort of thing. Never loved them. Never yeah, loved I was going to ask you that. Did they have the same draw and the same memories they have for everyone else? Because I think they're actually quite boring games. That's blasphemy, but, you know. No, I, I'd never loved them. I never loved those games. Like, like the true games that that really sucked me in. Like the first game I remember being completely addicted to was Speedball 2 Brutal, Brutal Deluxe. Now, Speedball 2 Brutal Deluxe was, it was a version of, I don't know what you'd call it, part MMA, part baseball, part handball. And ba- Do you remember the game? Yeah, it was really a, like quite fast-paced, wasn't it? Oh, it was amazing, yeah. Bitmap yeah. Brothers had a great soundtrack and the rest of it. Uh, and I was never beaten on that game. And I had a quick shot to Maverick Joystick. And I wore them out playing that game. And, and to this day, I've never been beaten on it. And that was the game that I remember playing and playing and playing. And from that, through the Amiga, my stepdad, who was into computers as well, yeah. um, we played that. And then Sensible World of Soccer. I mean, I would stay up until three or four in the morning, have a couple of hours sleep and then go to school. You know, it was that sort of game that just hooked me. But kids are doing that nowadays, like with Fortnite. They are just playing through the night, two hours sleep, get up for school. They, they just want to get home and play games. Like, I guess... We had that growing up as well. Of course we did. But the, I mean, the problem is, like my daughter now is seven years old and I, ha- I even bought a Switch to see if she'd get into it. And she wasn't bothered. Oh, interesting. And then I got a PlayStation 5 and she saw Astro. And if I let her, she would play Astro all day and all night. And really, Astro on the PS5 is just a game to show you how good the new controller is. But yeah. she loves it and she's totally into it. And I start getting all freaked out going, oh, is she playing too many games? Is she too sedentary? Do I need to get her outside? And then, and then it starts turning into, will you get off the computer because I want to play on it and I want to play <laughs> Apex. So, yeah, we, we were as addicted to computer games as any kid was nowadays. It's just, I think, because it's become more of a thing to be worried about your kid playing on it on Fortnite, playing on Minecraft or playing whatever, there's still a ton of skill that goes into it. There's still a ton of brain power. There's still a ton of creativity to play these games. There are skills. Yes, don't do it too much, but still... I was doing that. I was playing all night. Yeah. If I could, if I could have got away with it. Well, tell me about Apex, because I know that that's a game that you're a particular fan of. And also, I think they've just released a version for the Switch as well. So they are kind of expanding it out to everyone. But would you say that's your favourite game? At the moment, it is the game that's ended all of the games for me. <laughs> it's Because I, I hate it. I was, not a, I was not a Battle Royale fan at all. You no, know, I, didn't dig, I didn't dig on them. I just didn't. I always found that I could never see anyone. I spent long amounts of time running around, and then I get shot in the side of the head. There was just... There was no interest for me. And Fortnite, I don't know. I ah, oh, the building was too much. It's the building. It's the building. Yeah. The building isn't fun. If you can't if you can't go like that and then build a wall around you in a quarter of a second, you lose the game. It's boring. Exactly. So that wasn't for me. But then I played Apex. And me and a mate of my Tom, my old business partner, we, we literally, he's got like a, a young kid and I've got a couple of young kids and we will text each other and go, hot drops. And if we can, we'll get on <laughs> and we'll play and we'll smash a load of hours in. And literally... 
Apex has ended my addiction to Call of Duty. And considering ah. Call of Duty was all I played for about 10 years, then realistically, it is probably the best game ever. So what, what, but what's the crucial thing about it? Because a lot of people play Call of Duty. Obviously, Fortnite, you know, it's probably one of the most popular games ever. What is it about Apex that draws you away from them compared to just sticking with, you know, Old Faithful? Because you, you, there's a mix of games in there. If you want a bit of arcade you Call of Duty-style deathmatch, do a hot drop where everyone's going to be. You know where people are going to be. Get in there, get fighting, get killed, get out, hot drop again. But it, there's enough time between dying, going in, reselecting your character, getting in the ship, dropping out and landing again, that you're not just button bashing. I found with Call of Duty, and I was all right at Call of Duty, but a lot of the time I would literally... I would, it was just kill, die, repeat, kill, die, repeat, kill, die, repeat, over and over and over and over again. And my nerves were shredded by the end of it. When this, that you know, there's excitement to it. And if you want to play a bit more tactically, yes, you can. There's time to chat to your friends. There's time to do things. There's time to try and work strategies out. It was just, it is a game of amazing depths. And unlike Fortnite and unlike other games like that, which are free to play, they, you, you can play it without paying any money. You know, you literally, there's not a massive push on skins. And I was talking to a mate who worked for EA, who I think had something to do with it. And he was saying that it's the first game where they've said, we are not going to try and rinse people out for money. And I, and I think you feel it through the game and through the community that it is quite wholesome in a way. Take me to the game that you would say is your most hated game, like a game which you might have played and maybe frustration was the thing that made you stop it or you tried to beat it and you were defeated. Is there one game that you would bin forever? Okay, so yes, The Witcher. Oh, now, I the, can't believe you said The Witcher. Exactly. So so everyone loves The Witcher. Everyone loves Even The Witcher. Even I like The Witcher. It's not really okay. my style. Exactly. So everyone loves The Witcher. But I don't think everybody does love The Witcher. I think it's become such a watchword for amazing games that you're not allowed to say anything against it. It's like not liking David Bowie. Like, <laughs> David Bowie, yeah, David Bowie's all right. There was, a, there was a lyric that was said by Scroobius Pip, which was, the Beatles, just a band. The Beach Boys, just, just a band. band. Yeah. You know, David Bowie, just a, all that. For me, The Witcher, Huh, whatever. Just a game. <laughs> Just a game. And I, a mate of mine, Tony Dalton, who is like the world's biggest Witcher fan, I think he got completion up to whatever, 94, 95%. Yeah, yeah. Really went for it. You know, watched the series that came out. I have spent the past two or three years winding him up about it. Because <laughs> when I played, and I played it, and I spent 50 quid on it, I downloaded it, and... For the first hour and a half, I walked around looking for my girlfriend. It was like an extended fancy version of Dawson's Creek. And then I played some cards. And then I then a something ran out of a bush and killed me. And it had a lion's head. And I was just like, ah. Oh. I mean, and, and his thing is always, he always tries to diss me with it by saying, um, you, just don't ha- you just don't understand games like this. You don't have the time for games like this. And in a way, he's right. Because... The reason I like Apex is that if you have 10 or 15 minutes, and the reasons I like Call of Duty as well, is you can jump in and play. And if you've got young kids and you've got a busy life and your your gaming time is an hour here or 30 minutes there, or you know maybe you think you're only going to have half an hour, but you end up having all night, then that's good for games like Apex and games like Call of Duty. What I didn't have was the ability to spend hours and hours and hours trudging through some, some storyline to get to a point and then by the time I'll leave it for a week, forget where mm, I am mm. and forget the controls. And that was The Witcher for me. I find that if you get halfway through a game and you leave it for a month, you can't remember anything. And I'm the sort of person who thinks, well, do I go back to the beginning and do it all again? And I think once you're there, you just should leave it. God of War. God of War for me, which I loved. 
and I got up to a lake bit and I did a side quest and I got a bit lost and I lost my boat and I couldn't be asked for a couple of weeks and I came back and I couldn't remember how to do any of the combos exactly. and I'd lost my son. And it was just like, ah, oh, well, that's it. God of War's done for me. Move on. Now, game character-wise, if you had to um, pick a game character that you were most like, personality-wise, what would you say? Trevor, Call of Duty 5. <laughs> well, I, I hope I'm not like him. But I quite liked him as a character, as a character. Who would I be like? Do you know what? When when you asked me about this, I was I was trying to think. It's a hard question, but you've got to think like you know, am I like a Sonic Mario? They're the mainstream mm. ones. Or do you want to you want to be a niche one, really? Don't you? You want to be like a cool. I do want to be a niche one. Now there was a game that I got very into, and it's the only Far Cry I got into, and it was Far Cry Three. Okay, which is the one on the tropical islands, yes. and you go around, and you have there's a very raunchy scene with Sitara at the end. I think her name's Sitara. Or she might, Shitari might be from the Thundercats. A name like that, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Do you know the scene I'm talking I do, about? I do. I've played it, and I've, I've watched the videos of this sort of, you know, of this bit. So you know the bit at the end where you have a choice between do you huh or do you yeah. not huh? <laughs> well, I chose to not huh her. Anyway, the main character of that game I really associated with. I found my place. It's here, on this island. So the character is called Jason Brody. So why did you associate so much with Jason? Just because, and I'll tell you why. It was at the time my wife was really pregnant and it was like the two or three months before the baby was coming and my head was all over the place, you know, impending fatherhood and life was changing and, uh, and I played that game and it was such escapism that I felt like the character. So every night I jumped into it and I went around and I, you know, and I drove around and I attacked these things and had moral dilemmas on killing, killing the pigs or shooting the boars, um, which have you ever noticed? I don't know if you've ever noticed this. Um, that I have no problem headshotting people, torching people, dropping bombs on people. When it comes to animals, I really struggle to kill them in games. It's difficult. Uh, Red Dead Redemption, there's a lot of horses in it. Yeah. And it, you feel like if you accidentally, because you're never aiming for the horse, but if you accidentally I even know. injure the horse, you think, I'm so sorry. But then if a bandit comes up, you're like, eat shotgun. Yeah. Free will. I think it's down to free will. And I think most, most human characters in games do what they do through free will. The animals are just being animals. And that's why I think you have a moral panic on why you would refuse to kill a a pig than you would kill whoever. Although saying that, I will kill the pig if it means I get like a new weapon. (laughs) My wife was playing um, some ridiculous like horse racing game the other day. And it was like, watch this 20 second advert for a free horse. And she was like, I don't want to watch the advert, but I do want the free horse. (laughs) Did you watch the advert? So you watch the advert. And that's the thing. Like they can hook you in, can't they? They can almost like, if they give you the right thing in the game... You will do it. Oh, of course. Of course, of course. And morals don't tend to come into it any time. I mean, there's been some horrible moral moments in some of the Call of Duties I've played where you've done it and then you think, God, really? Are we doing this? And then like playing like Call of Duty World War II, um, and I, you know, I worked on that game a bit. I did, I did the launch that was down at the BFI in London, which was big and it was amazing. And, and interestingly, I, I thought there was an interesting part of that launch because nowadays kids of a certain age or people of a certain age don't really look back on history the only way they they connect with history is through either films or computer games so a game like world war ii can put you in that position and realize what your great-grandfather did and i had a real moral problem because my grandfather was one of the people that stormed the beaches playing one of the game modes where you were in the turrets shooting Mm. the people running Mm. at the beach i mean i still did it because it was a game and i can disassociate from the game but for a while there was a should I be worried that I'm playing as a Nazi shooting allied forces running up the beach? I mean, it's an interesting point, but you do it because it's, it's you know, it's entertainment. 
and you sit there knowing it's a game, obviously. But like you say, if you sat there and didn't shoot, you feel like sometimes the game should go, well done. Yeah, <laughs> almost. Have yeah. a reward. <laughs> you, get a moral, you get a moral certificate. <laughs> yes, you don't win, but you get a moral certificate for taking part. So who am I like? I'm going to be like the guy from Far Cry 3. It's a great answer. I don't think anyone else would ever say that. So you, you've got it claimed for you forever now. When it comes to the consoles or the, or the computer... Or the Switch, let's say, which I, you know, I love. I really like the Switch. What would you say, Xbox, PlayStation, Switch, or PC player? What What are you drawn to, and why? I have floated through every console, bar Nintendo's. Really, I've 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 flirted with Nintendo's over the year, but really, I mean, I bought a Switch. I did buy a Switch. Mm, I got very so- hooked into it. I was traveling a lot, and I bought it, um, and I played Zelda and didn't like it. Oh, uncontroversial. Didn't like it. I played, I just, it was, do you know what I've realised? I'm the sort of player that needs a narrative. I need to go from A to B to C to D. Well, like you make, have an objective kind of thing. Yes, if it's, if it's too open world, I just drift off and get bored and lose all, all focus. Mm-hmm. So I bought it and then I play it and I thought, oh, I'm a serious, I'm a serious gamer. What am I doing with a Switch? <laughs> and then I sat on a flight to LA and I started Mario Odyssey and I sort of looked up and we'd landed and I'd done like 12 hours on Mario Odyssey and it was the best thing ever. But other than that, Nintendo's bit of Mario Kart. Haven't really ever loved Nintendo. No, I'm with you. But I was, I was an Xbox man for years. Yes, I had a PC when I was younger, played like whatever, played bits and bobs on that. Um, but I never really got into it. And then when I went to university, everyone had, had PlayStation. So I became a console player and I drifted through PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2, then to Xbox 360. I stayed with the Xbox 360 until the PlayStation 3 came out and I ended up back on the PlayStation. And I've been a PlayStation boy ever since. And for those who, because uh, it's so interesting, you're so passionate about gaming and a lot of people are starting to turn to gaming now during this time when everyone's at home more. What would you say to them? Because, you know, to get into it, it can seem like there's quite a steep barrier, actually, if you haven't gamed for your whole life, if you didn't start as a kid, it can be unbelievably overwhelming. There's already, we've just mentioned three consoles and there's loads more than that. There's tons of consoles. There are tons of consoles. What do you say to... But the, the problem is I think people, I think people play more games than they think. Mm. Like my, my wife, we have bought, she's not a gamer. She's not bothered at all. But then she'll tell me she plays something on a phone for like an hour and a half. And I'm like, but that makes you a gamer just because you've played it on a phone. It's just the medium's just different. So I don't know what you say to someone. Buy a PlayStation, try it out, see if you love it. If not, sell it. Be a scalper. Be a scalper's your advice. (laughs) Stop kidding around, Snake. Thanks to OJ Borge for being the first ever guest on Monkey Island Discs. And we chatted just before his Radio 2 show as well, so it was nice to be the warm-up for that. Do subscribe to this podcast. We'll do as many of these as we can. And our next news update episode is coming out in a couple of weeks or so, so just look out for that. Do send us a review as well. And eventually, if we get enough, I'm told I'll be able to buy a PlayStation 5. (laughs) 